Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here from Susquehanna Valley Church. So glad that you're joining us this week. Love that you're checking us out online and following along with us. I want to talk to you about something I think is incredibly important that I think is going to free you, um, just offer you the ability to do life in a way that is, is more confident. It's going to be a blessing to you. So I'm excited and, and just want you to think, have you ever done something solely because someone else has been able to convince you to do it? Have you ever done something not because you thought it was a good idea, but because somebody else talked you into it, it was their opinion, their pressure, and it, it convinced you to do something that maybe you otherwise would not have done. And, and for me, that goes back to when I was in high school, and like uh, like just about every other high school boy, uh, you, you put four of us together, and somebody's going to convince someone to do something stupid. And I remember uh, it was late at night, we decided that that we were going to go out and we were going to get some eggs and we're going to drive around and we're going to throw them at people's houses. And I have no idea where that ever became a good idea or when anybody ever thought that was the thing to do. But for some reason, though each of us individually never would have done it, the four of us collectively convinced each other through the opinions, through the pressures, that this would be a good thing. Uh, and, and I remember driving around throwing eggs at people's houses. I actually remember being so dumb that I went up to throw an egg at somebody's house that way while somebody else went up to throw an egg at someone's house that way and we hit each other in the face with eggs. I'm not even making this up. And I, I remember at that moment having this kind of light bulb moment of this is really stupid. Why am I doing this? Why am I in this spot right now? Why do I literally have egg on my face? And, and what did it take that it got me to this place and it all was the opinions and the pressure of other people. And if you think about that, that's not just a big moment, stupid thing. Um, that's an everyday reality where we think about what someone else thinks about us, what they're going to think if we do something or if we say something, and it shapes our actions. I want to talk about a passage in the Bible that, that is a time where the whole entire history of the church the momentum of what God is doing after Jesus' death and resurrection is almost entirely derailed because of the opinions and the pressure of the people around them and what they thought. See, what Jesus did when he became a man and he lived on earth is, is he exposed this wrong belief that to get to heaven and to be, be loved and accepted and forgiven by God, the wrong belief was that you had to earn it. That if you did enough good things, that that would take away the need uh, for, for you to ask God for forgiveness because you would have put God in your debt by your goodness. What Jesus comes along is he exposes that the reality that there's no amount of goodness that can make up for our badness. That the sin that lives within us needed to be taken care of by him, not us. Now that's great news because that's exactly why he's there. He's there to die on the cross as a substitute for our badness that we can trade for God uh, to God for his goodness. The Bible says the moment you believe, you're promised life after death. Um, and that's not based on performance. That's based on faith and love. And it was incredibly freeing for God to be able to offer that to us, incredibly freeing for us to be able to receive it. What that did, though, was that made a major change in the history of people following after God because now all of a sudden it was open to everybody regardless of your upbringing, regardless of your ethnicity, and the second that it opened up to be available to everybody, people tried to close it back down. So you've got the close followers of Jesus opening up this message and peer pressure and opinions trying to close it back down. And those opinions almost, almost derail the entire mission of what the church 
is doing. And, and so you've got the this battle between the followers of Jesus going around preaching this message, and then you've got people coming behind them, false teachers trying to say, no, 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 they're wrong. Jesus was misunderstood. You really do need to earn it. So the question is whether or not the core followers of Jesus at the beginning of this mission are going to bow to peer pressure, going to do what everybody around them thinks they should do, or are they going to do what's right? Are they going to follow after what they believe that God wanted them to do? It's either Jesus wasn't enough and you've got to earn it, or Jesus was more than enough. You receive it and it's free. And the, the battle goes back and forth. And so really the challenge in the book of Galatians that we're going to look at is this moment where the Apostle Paul, one of the one of the core leaders following after Jesus, is basically saying, hey, we're either going to sell out and bow to peer pressure into the opinions of these people over here who think we should earn it, or we're going to more buy in to who Jesus is and what he says. We're going to be stronger and trusting him more that this is realer than, than we thought it was before, and we're going to live this out as if this is all there is to live, even if that means the opinions of others need to be set aside to be able to get there for that, for, for that reality to become true. We either sell out and join the crowd, or we buy into Christ and continue to live differently than what we're expected to live. Galatians 2, I want to read for you in 4 and 5. Really, we're talking through the whole section of Galatians 1 through 10, where they're trying to convince the people who are following Jesus that they need to go back and hold to the standards of the Old Testament law. And this is what this is what Paul writes in response to that, as he gives a narration of this event. He says, This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves, to make us to sell out, to give in to what they thought. But this is what he says, verse 5, We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. That he values serving and maintaining the integrity of what God wants and the integrity of the scriptures more than he values impressing other people and giving into their opinions and, and what it looks like. See, here's, here's the reality. Every one of us goes through life and every day and, and we ask ourselves the same question over and over and over again. Will people like me if... If I say this, will they like me? If I do this, will my coworker approve of me? If I go there, will my parents or my friends think highly? Will they like me? Will they like me? Will they like me? And it infiltrates just about every thought of our actions if we're not careful. If I say this, if I do this, if I buy this, if I go there, if I do that, then, then will people like me? And I get the idea of being considerate and being concerned about what others think. But when it comes to our character and to our convictions, the opinions of other people cannot shape us. It should make, as Paul says, no difference to you if people oppose what you believe God wants you to do. And so here, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at sort of the problem with bowing, bowing our convictions to other people's opinions. I want us to look at the problem with that. I want to give you a reason to fix it, and I want to show you some results that I think are going to make it all worthwhile. So let's start here with, with the problem. The other day that I, I was driving, and I was going through a section of Harrisburg where you, you come around the corner, and then there's one of those tight tunnels, which everybody hates. Why? Because you're always afraid that your mirror is going to get knocked off as you go through. And, and as frustrated as I am to have to tell you this, I went through 
I, I hugged too close to the wall and smashed my passenger side mirror. Instantly, no doubt as to, to what I had done. And, and so here I am in the middle of traffic having to drive. I can't just pull over because I got a tunnel. Um, and as I continue to drive, I keep naturally wanting to look over to a mirror that's no longer reflecting an accurate picture of what's behind me. I keep seeing something different than what I'm used to seeing. It's not an accurate representation of what's exactly behind me. It's showing me a different reality. When you live your life by the opinions of others, it's like you're looking in a mirror that's showing you a different perspective than what God actually wants you to see. You're caring about what they think, and it's not actually representing what God thinks. So you've got to look and say, is their opinion, is their perspective, how they're trying to shape me with their thoughts or with their words, is it helpful and it's pointing me to what God wants, or is it harmful and it's actually pointing me away from the reality? That's the issue with Paul. You've got this group of people that comes in to meet with him. By all appearances, they're trying to maintain a positive perspective. They're in here looking like they're friends, but Paul sees through it. He sees they're not really here to help, they're here to hurt. They're here to oppress what, what God's trying to do through them. And he says they're like spies, they've infiltrated our ranks, and they're here to try and sway me. Because they're showing a perspective of a reality that's not God's reality, it's their preferred reality, and they're trying to get Paul and the church as a whole to line up with their preferred reality instead of God's reality. It's a mere showing the wrong thing. You cannot live by the opinions of others, because oftentimes they're not an accurate representation of what reality is for you. We've been so shaped and limited by the opinions of others, the thoughts of others, and I think God wants us to be freed and unleashed from those as we follow after him in life to do what we know is best. The reason that I think we need to do that is because at the end of the day, we all know that character will outlive image that your character and your integrity and who you are and your ability to stand out to you, stand up to your convictions is far more important than your image. I, I was uh, checking out a social media post the other day that gained some traction from a friend of mine, and it was a post about how he, he's got his teenage daughter working at McDonald's. And uh, you can imagine as a teenager, that's not the most popular place to work if you want to be having a reputation that other people are impressed with. And so the story goes that this girl is mopping the floor at McDonald's and one of her classmates comes in and starts taking photos and videos and posting it all over social media, talking about how embarrassing it would have to be to be this young lady having to mop the floors of McDonald's. And, and, and he's putting this on social media saying, you know what, I'm proud of her. And my, my comment was, and I don't often comment, so this is like a big deal for me to go out of my way and say something. But my comment was, I think you did the right thing in supporting your daughter. I think it's awesome that she even works there because character is more important and has more influence than cheap attention. And that's what we chase after in life is cheap attention. The image of what somebody else thinks about me. What I wear and what I do are shaped by that reality far too much. We need to reprioritize and say character will outlive image. That hey, the image that all of us have is fading. That's the reality. None of us look the same way we did when we were 20 or, or 24, and none of us have the, the strength that we used to have. But here's the reality. What lasts is not our image, it's our character. We have to reprioritize life through that perspective. 
You see, the, the perspective of others shouldn't be what drives you, but Christ-based values should. That's what lasts and that's what matters. So how do you get there? Well, I think we get there the same way that Paul does in the book of Galatians, where he bookends the opinions of others with stubbornness and service. He takes the opinion of others, he hears them out, he's not afraid of them, He's not too emotionally immature to be able to hear the opinions of others, even if they're attacks against the very core of his belief. But what he does is he bookends those opinions with stubbornness and with service. Check it out, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 6. Uh, As for those who, who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. There's bookend number one, which is stubbornness. And here's bookend number two, which is service. In verse 10, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. In other words, these people were held in high esteem. They had the reputation that we should listen to them. I don't really care. I'm too stubborn for that. I'll never forget when I when I came into the office at one of the churches that I worked at, and we've got our secretary there. Her name is Jane, just a really sweet woman with a lot of wisdom. Now, I was, st- I was struggling with the realities of having a toddler that was beginning to showcase just a ton of stubbornness. And I walk in, and Jane, Jane asks how my, my day's going. I'm like, it's great, but man, man, kids can just drive you up a wall with their stubbornness. And she looked me right in the eye, and she goes, you just need to hang on a second there, because I've had two kids, and one of them was incredibly stubborn, and the other was a people pleaser. And you know what? The stubborn one has given me less problems in the whole of life because they had convictions and they stuck to them. And who is the one you have to worry about when they go out with their friends? Who's going to hold to the standards that you instill in them? The stubborn one or the people pleaser? The people pleaser might be easier to lead and to parent, but the stubborn one is going to be the one who's going to be the, the trustworthy one in that instance. And what Paul does is he's stubborn. And so stubborn's a good trait when it's in the right place with the right heart. He goes, hey, I, I get that that's what you think. I don't really care because it contradicts what I know to be true in Christ. And that's bookend number one, stubbornness. And bookend number two is this idea of service. I don't care about this, but I do care about this. You're so focused on changing me. I'm sorry. The reality is I'm focused on what I'm called to do. And that is care about the people that God wants me to care about. In other words, it really could be this simple. Care about what you do more than you care about what people say. Care about what you do more than you care about what people say. Care about the action to follow what God has for you in life, the need to sacrifice, the need to be generous. I remember somebody coming up to me and saying, I feel like God wants me to be responsible with my money so that I can be generous with my money in a couple years responsible now and generous a couple years from now. And we've got family members who are saying, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. And and he's sitting down and he's saying, Matt, what do I do? You're stubborn for what you know is right. And and you serve the people that God wants you to serve. And years later, it was at a position where they lived in sacrifice, where they lived in literally this cheap modular home so they could be debt-free, so they could have a life of influence for other people. Stubborn on one side, service on the other. It's a beautiful thing when it happens because God's able to gain traction in your life as he makes a difference through you and through your heart because you haven't sacrificed what you know to be true and what you believe in your heart. You haven't sacrificed that based on the pressure and the opinions of others. 
Instead, you follow through with what God wanted you to do, to do and serve other people. So look, let's not do stupid things and fail to follow after God because we're too worried about what somebody else thinks. Let's love and follow after him. I hope you have an awesome week as you put this into practice in your life.